You're listening to the Hardcore Honeys Podcast, starring your hosts, the snarky, the sassy, and the pretty Jade Auxiliary Things Johnson, the all-knowing, the all-wise Shay Vassar, and the man in the middle, Mr. TJ. And here's the show. Hello, honeys and hunks. Got another episode flying in about the news around the association since it was a busy week. Jade, what has been the best way for you to keep up to date with all these news? So I use a combination of things. Our our company Slack, being that Belly Up is a sports company, helps a bit. Combined with Twitter and Bleacher Report. Twitter and Bleacher Report, the go-to um and Shay, with all with all of this stuff going around, is this scratching a basketball itch, or do you need more? It's definitely doing something. I it's distracting me. However, I still want more, <laughs> more basketball. It's not the same without hearing the squeaks and the ball the ball bouncing. Yeah, I think I'm gonna paint a pumpkin with the basketball lines for, for nice. Holly. Yeah, I I thought I was going to buy a pumpkin today, but I didn't. So I'm going to go get one tomorrow So and then put it. Yeah, it's it's going to be good. On this week's episode, we got a lot of player rumors going around. Been some big coaching signings for teams and some additions. The league has some new ideas for next year that we're going to be looking into a little bit. Some possible hopeful ideas. And then also, how can we forget to talk about Space Jam 2 with the new plot line leaked. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Jade, we got DeRozan wants out. Danilo is undecided to the point where he's asking on Twitter where he should go. Andre Drummond's contract talks with Cleveland's are going south. Where do you see the potential landing spots for these players? So I'll start with DeRozan. Obviously, that has interest to me as a Toronto fan. However, my interest runs contrary to most Toronto fans because a lot of Toronto fans are like, yes, bring him back. And I'm like, no, please do not do that. I was one of those people that like, I was so happy to hear he had been traded because he had been driving me nuts for like two seasons already at that point. And I already knew he was not going to be the one to get it done. So I was glad when he was leaving. And now hearing Toronto fans be like, oh, we should let him come back. I just think it would be a huge step backwards. I don't think Masai Jury would take that step. And it reminds me of that phrase, like, your exes for a reason. Yeah. And it was a bad breakup, right? DeMar and, and Toronto had a bad breakup. So that's how I feel about it. DeMar and, and the Raptors are exes for a reason, and it should be left at that. Now, for where he should go, I like him for New Orleans for a couple of reasons. First, because he would be another veteran presence along with J.J. Redick with a, a fairly young squad. Otherwise, their main players, Zion, Ingram, and Ball, they're young guys. So I think they could benefit from another veteran presence who is still balling out. Like, DeMar averaged 22 points at 5.6 assists and shot 85% from the free throw line this season. So he's still got something to bring to the table, but he has also been around the block, right? He's been through free agency. He's been into the playoffs. He's experienced a lot of things 
that these young guys haven't. And then the other reason is because the Pelicans are a very heavy three-point shooting team. They were seventh in the league in attempts this season. Fifth in makes, seventh in percentage. So top 10 in all three, but I've seen them in games where it just was not falling and they didn't have anything else to bring to the table. And DeMar has one of the best mid-range games in the NBA. So I feel like that would fill a little bit of space that they have a hole because when they're not hitting, they just don't seem to know what else to do other than getting to the basket. And depending on the matchup, that doesn't always work out. So someone with a mid-range game, I think, would benefit them a lot. And he fits in their cap space. They've got $29 million in cap space. His contract is 27. And whatever the trade is, they'll be taking more money off the books of whoever they trade. So it just seems like on as many levels as you kind of have to hit to make your trade work, I think DeRozan would work well in New Orleans. I like the idea with it. Shay, where do you think you can see DeRozan landing? In the same way, I could kind of see him possibly being a decent presence at the Sixers just because like really it's it's funny because they don't even have like a super young team like Embiid should be like not necessarily a veteran presence but he should be a decent leader presence for how long he's been in the league so far and he's just not for reasons we've talked about like extensively (laughs) together but you know as a veteran with this team it could be something similar and if they are not going to trade away their players, if they are not really going to bring in a, like any other veterans, I could see someone like DeRozan being the type to come in to give that kind of consistency. I don't know if it would be a perfect match. Um, I was, one, trying to think of something other than what Jade said. Uh, but, I, I, you know, someone like DeRozan who is seasoned, who... you, re- I mean, he's only played for, for now two teams, so he, he doesn't really have a... A history of like jumping around um so I could I could see him being a consistent figure there when I think that Philly's gonna be going through some weird seasons coming up or at least they should be because I mean again we've talked about this extensively they need to get rid of some if not more than one of their players uh just to to rebuild something else uh so yeah it would be interesting it would I don't know if it would work but it would definitely be an experiment okay I got an idea. What do you guys think of Dallas? They need one more piece, veteran piece, and he's pretty flexible within that offense. Jay, do you like that idea? I like it a little bit. I like it a little bit less just because we were just talking about this in the basketball group this evening, and they were talking about Bradley Beal in Dallas, and I feel like I like that idea better. Is that realistic, though? I don't know. I would have to look at the cap space and all that kind of stuff. As far as fitting into the team, I think I think Beal's the kind of player that will do work wherever you drop him. But I don't know that the numbers work out on, off the top of my head. Okay. Going to the next player with Danilo. I'll start with you on this, Shay, since he was just playing for you. Do you si- see him re-signing or where do you see him possibly going? Well, at first I could see him re-signing. Possibly until he tweeted out like, where should I go next? And then I'm like, my dude, like you've already been at like 5 million teams. Like, what do you mean? Don't you have a place that you want to end up? You know, it's not like, like, why do you want your, your fan base? And also like, 
I like Alinari, don't get me wrong, but like, does he have enough of a fan base where it's like, hey, what team would you like to see me at? You know, it's not like he's someone that like every team is like, please come to our like city and save our city. He's Danilo Gallinari. It's not like he's some like huge superstar. I like him. I think he's a, a decent player. And I, I think he would be a lot better when he does find a place to call home. And I don't know if Oklahoma City is that place, but it was just kind of a funny like thing. It almost felt like like a thirst trap, you know, like don't get me wrong. Like I post hot pictures of myself sometimes just to get likes because it makes me feel good. And um, that's kind of how I feel like he was, was he just wanted different people from different fan bases to be like, I want you to come here or no, you should go here or even Oklahoma City people to be like, you should stay here because it makes him feel good. And that's fine. Like, we all have that kind of, like, self-esteem thing that we like to feel good about ourselves. With that, I think I introduced a couple of weeks back with him going to the Heat. And the more I talk about it, the more I like that. Just because I think that would allow for uh, the Heat to have a better and possibly more consistent three-point shooting team the three-point shooters on that team right now are very young Danilo Gallinari could be an older presence to help with that and again he just really needs to find a place to settle down and find a home because he's just been like bounced around the league so yeah at first I was afraid that was recency bias but I I'm thinking that I I do really like him going to Miami I mean again if he's not going to stay in Oklahoma City like I'd like to see him in a in a nice team I just want to mention, in defense of him, Danilo's been traded three of the times. No, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't give him such a hard time, which is also why I want him to find a home. Why would you be an athlete if you just want to play for all these different teams and think of all the times you've moved across this weird country and you're from Italy? Like, I can't imagine, you know, I've never been to Italy, but I imagine it's really pretty and he's probably from somewhere really pretty and he eats really good food and then he's now living in Oklahoma City, which... Again, don't get me wrong. I love, I have my places there, but it's like, can you imagine like you get fresh pasta there and you get good wine and fresh air. And then now you're like, there's another cow. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, <laughs> that sucks. So I want him to find a place to call home. Jade, do you think Danilo's going to end up in Miami or do you got another idea? So the this question took a bit of a journey for me. Because the first thing I thought was, oh, you know who's shopping for small forwards? L.A. Clippers. Completely (laughs) forgetting that he was part of the trade deal. And so my roommate came home and I I was talking to him. And he's like, wasn't he part of the deal to get? I'm like, oh, shit, he was, wasn't he? So I went and I, like, looked at their numbers over the season, Paul George and, and Gallinari. And Paul George had better numbers across the board but Gallinari played all 62 games this season and Paul George missed 14 so Paul George averaged 21 points a game but he missed 14 games Gallinari averaged 18.7 points a game and played all of them so when I think about thought about it in that context I thought well if if you have less load management happening with the Clippers that means you get to the playoffs with guys like Patrick Beverly maybe not being injured, with guys like Kawhi Leonard maybe having some more fuel in the tank to get through the playoffs. I, I don't know. I just wonder now if it would have been better to keep Gallinari in the Clippers and 
not trade for Paul George because Kawhi managed it as being like the, the clear number one option in Toronto. And I wonder if maybe that's what they needed instead of trying to divide it between two guys. They needed to have a clear number one option on the floor. And then you don't have to worry about both guys getting in rhythm. Only one guy's got to be in rhythm. And if they're not, everybody else kind of, you know, fills in the holes. So, yeah, I ended up blaming the whole mess on LeBron James for telling the league that as long as you have stars, you're going to win rings for for poor Gallinari's entire situation. It's LeBron James's fault. You heard it here. I think there's a plenty of people that will agree with you there on, on that, Jade. Okay, so talked about DeRozan. We got Danilo Alway. We're going to get that third D, Drummond, Jade. Talks with Cleveland going south. Is mm-hmm. Drummond walking or is they're gonna, are they going to be able to find a deal? I think if he's smart, he should walk. He, he's kind of a niche player now in that he's bigger in ways that a lot of the league isn't anymore. And he's a crazy good rebounder. So I would like to see him come to Toronto because Marcus all is gone. He's already signed in oh, to yeah. play in Spain. So they're going to be shopping for probably a starting big man because Ibaka usually plays off the bench. Like he starts depending on the matchup. But I think for the system that Toronto is running, Drummond is a better fit to start than Ibaka is on most nights. And my only hesitation with that was that I don't always love Drummond's personality and his attitude. But then I remembered he's played for Detroit and Cleveland so far in his career. So, like, he has not been part of a winning culture. He's not been part of an organization that even has any kind of culture to speak of. So I decided that if he was to come to Toronto, our established organizational culture and, you know, defense first and all of the stuff that makes Toronto Toronto would be enough to overcome any worries I would have about him and his attitude and his rebounding. Like Toronto struggled with rebounding this season in a lot of key moments that could have changed the momentum of games. So I would be okay if, if the Raptors picked him up. I'd be okay with having Drummond team. I've always been a fan of him. Shay, where's a potential landing spot for him? Do you see Toronto or some rumors have been around uh, him going to Boston? Where where do you see him going? I'm I'm trying to think of of who is in need of a center right now. I mean, pff, Houston. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with Dan Tony gone, they might actually want a center again. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, come on. Like, I don't understand, but. Other than that, I mean, I I do really like Jade's idea because I've always been a big Ibaka fan and not just because he was on OKC, but I I think he's also really cool. Like he just seems like a cool guy, but he's not a great starter. That's just not his forte. It's kind of like how I feel about Nerland's Noel on OKC. Like I don't really love when Nerland's Noel starts, but I love him as backup because he really like his blocks are incredible. Like he is able to do things that Steven Adams is not able to just because of like Steven Adams is a lot heftier than Nerlens Noel. Um, so I, I could see them kind of, you know, being nice together the way that Ibaka backing up for him. But I, I just don't really know who else is in, in the, 
I have to do some research on that one and see how that develops because I'm just like not I'm not in the center world right now. I don't know if that makes sense. Like who else needs centers right now? Houston and Toronto. Like yes. that's the list. <laughs> right. That's why I'm like, is there anybody else? Montrez Harrell's a free agent. He plays center, yes? No? Yes? Who plays it center? Depending for- on lineup with that. Right. right. So if he leaves, they might have a space, depend again, depending on lineup. But Drummond wouldn't be flexible for the Clippers if they're doing a lineup based center thing. And I think Drummond should be starting. I don't think I don't think he should be playing off the bench anywhere. He's still super talented. So yeah, he needs to be yeah. a starter. Yeah. Having him on the bench, if I were Drummond, would be an insult to me. And he wouldn't put up with that. He would not oh. be okay with that. No. And no. Understandable with that. Okay, so we got to the players that I was wanting to talk about. Now let's talk about some coaches. Finally, one of the Van Gundy brothers in Stan finally got his coaching gig as the New Orleans Pelicans coach. Jade, how will he do as a first year with this team? I think he's going to do all right. Kind of the way I see it, assuming you have a healthy Zion for give or take the whole season, he's going to do all right because they did all right without him. And I think Stan's a decent coach. Uh, I looked back at his career a bit, and it's kind of a mixed bag with Stan Van Gundy. Like, he's 577 career coaching. And then there are kind of some big things that are like, do you really want him to coach? So the year that Miami won that ring pre-LeBron with Dwayne Wade, he got fired from that team after starting the season 11 and 10. Mm. And then Pat Riley came in and coached them from an 11 and 10 start to a championship so like it kind of begs the question about his coaching but then he took Orlando to the finals in 0809 and lost to that Lakers so like and that's not really a loss you're gonna hold against him with that like the that Orlando team was great but like 0809 Lakers just a there whole was, different. They were winning. Like, it didn't matter who came out of the East. The Lakers were winning that year. So the way I'm thinking of it is, you know, he's a bunch of years older than he was. He's more experienced. I've seen some questions of whether a 61 or 62, how old he is, year old coach is going to be able to connect with those younger guys. But I don't know. I just always thought Stan was kind of a cool dude. And I think it'll be okay. And also... Like, coaches are old as a general rule. Like, right. we're surprised about when the younger coaches do well because that's what's unusual in the NBA. So, to me, the idea that he's going to be too old to connect with a younger team is kind of silly because, like, how old is Pop? How old is Dan Tony? You know, Nick Nurse is in the middle range and he's in his 50s. So, right. Son, yeah, I think it's 33. Right. So I think it's going to be okay. I think they're going to finish better than they did last season. I'm not going to say they're going to make the playoffs because the West is going to be a force, like just kind of across the board. So I'm not willing to call a, a, a playoff appearance next season, but I think people might be pleasantly surprised at how the Pelicans do. Okay. Well then Shay, is Stan going to be better than, the same or worse than Gentry was? I think that's such a hard question for multiple reasons. The first one that comes to mind is the fact that, like, we don't even know what Gentry was 
planning. Like we only got one year. I mean, that is a basis year with a brand new player who has all the hype, all the deals, all the, you know, all of that. So it's it's kind of hard to compare because what what Gentry was able to do with what he was given, you know, because Zion Zion has a lot of health issues. Um and he did not get to play as much as had hoped and Gentry still was like was still able to create a playoff run. So that to me is pretty impressive. That being said, are we going to have a healthier Zion for this first year with Stan Van Gundy? I don't know. Like, you know, there's a, a lot of these questions with the health of players, I think is going to be interesting with the fact of how much time there is between um, the bubble finishing and when we start again, which I know we'll, we'll get to. But I think that that's going to be interesting for a guy like Zion, who is still figuring out, like, his health issues, where he fits as a professional athlete instead of a college one. So all of these are going to be really interesting to see, as well as having someone like Stan Van Gundy. I don't think that he's going to do a bad job. He definitely knows basketball. I definitely think he is the uh, better of the two Van Gundy brothers. So I, like, am hopeful. I also think that he just has a better team than, say, something like... um, if you were to be given the hodgepodge of Houston or the Clippers or or Philly right now, I think the Pelicans are a younger team. They are looking to be successful. And that's as someone who is returning to coaching, I would think that that's what you really want rather than these teams that are like kind of up in the air right now. And they have all these different issues. Pelicans are just trying to figure out where they fit as a young team. And that's kind of nice. Like that, that means that Van Gundy can build with them in a way that I think Gentry was hoping to. Continuing with the Pelicans, you mentioned the age there, Shay. Drew Holiday doesn't mix with it that well. He's a veteran player. Like I said, trade rumors going around. What could the Pels get for him? Ooh. Jade, be ready because I want to hear what you have oh, to say. Oh, I'm ready. Oh, let Jade go. Cause... Okay, Jade, I'll let you go first. But, Shay, you got to be ready for that. I want to hear what you got. Fine. So fine. this one was easy for me because it goes back to something we already talked about. Uh, Drew Holiday's contract, $27 million. DeMar DeRozan's, $27 million. They both want out. DeMar is free agent after 2021. Drew Holiday after 21-22. So short term for both of them. I already think DeRozan's good for the Pelicans. Done. Okay, there we go. Perfect. Now, Shay, you didn't have that much time to think because Jade already answered it earlier, but your turn. But that was so good. Like, that was, wow. I need to be on Jade's level. I'm, I'm going to be doing more of my homework instead of my, um, my not, I, you know, I'm not cheating on anything because this is a podcast. It's not like a test. But, like, I, I definitely need to be, like, doing better with, with my research, especially because I'm so sad. Why don't I just fill it with my basketball research time? Anyway. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of where he would be a good fit. And I'm. Cause he's a Swiss army player. He's a right. Swiss army guy player. And that's why it's hard. Cause he doesn't necessarily have like, um, say the, the niche of something that a team really needs at the moment. You know, like he could pretty much fit anywhere. But you know what needs something, somebody like that is all of those hodgepodge teams you mentioned. That's Somebody very that should true. just go in and pull everything together. Because like, it's like, I'm thinking okay. Philly, because he would space the floor and they need that desperately in Philly. 
he can shoot and he can defend, which is also like Philly is weak on kind of both of those again, because their players seem very lazy. And that's also why I was thinking that possibly if they weren't going to do a center at Houston, he could even fit there because he can shoot and defend. I mean, he's not tall, but if they wanted to keep that small ball thing, they, they could continue while still having someone who plays defense. And I, but I think that's like a really good point just about him as a player, just because he does kind of seem like the kind of guy that could fit on any pickup team, like, you know, show up, throw him in and he's able to fill in spots, which is, is kind of rare nowadays. <laughs> Let's be honest. I feel like, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting one to see, though. Jade, could you see him end up as a Laker? <laughs> they could do another Pelicans trade. They need a point guard. They could, could but, like, I like Drew Holiday. Right. I like Drew Holiday, so I don't want to see him be a Laker for completely different reasons. But, yeah, like, he, he could fit. He could probably fit the Clippers, too. But, like, I'm just so over the L.A. teams right now. Same. But I mean, That's the- why I wasn't even thinking of them is because I'm like, I don't want people that I actually enjoy watching to go to those teams. Yeah. Speaking of L.A. teams. Let's get to the Clippers, because they're having some fun times as this offseason has gone on. So, Jade, is Balmer doing his best uh, Dolan impression when it comes to handling the organization now? Because one year of the team, and he's already to blow it up. So, is he a good owner, or what do we got? What's your idea on that? So, I'm always hesitant to compare someone to Dolan, because, like... That's like throwing the gloves off. That is not something I'm willing to do lightly. So I looked into their backgrounds a little bit, and I'm really hesitant to compare them based just on their intelligence levels alone. Like, Dolan has no college or university education, according to Wikipedia. Nothing. Meanwhile, Bomber has went to Harvard he undergraded at Stanford and dropped out of Stanford to go work with Bill Gates and had an 800 on his math SAT. So like right there, I'm kind of like, do I really want to compare him to James Dolan? I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. And so I said it once already today. I'm going to say it again. The Clippers mess is because they drank the LBJ Kool-Aid and said, this is how basketball works. And now they're finding out it's not how basketball works. I think he is going to be intelligent enough to rethink it and change the direction of what they're going to do. Because, like, what what happened in, in L.A. is just not good basketball. Like, there's a reason teams pay salaries to scouts to help make decisions instead of just having players go, oh yeah, I want to play with my buddy, right? It should be the job of somebody who is thinking critically to build a roster. And if you're friends with some guy that you want to play with, that automatically disqualifies you because you're not thinking about the big picture. You're thinking about, I want to play with that guy. Well, a team has 15 people on the roster. So what about the other 13 guys? Do you work well with the other 13 guys? you actually work well together? That's the job of a scout, not of a player. So I think his misstep was getting a little bit too big into the player empowerment movement. And I've been expecting this for a while, that it's going to be too much. The players are having 
having too much power and it's impacting the successfulness of the teams. And I think that's what happened. I think if he can pull it back a little bit and be like, okay, we tried it the player's way. Now we're going to do it the basketball way, the way it's been done for decades. Uh, I think if he does that, the 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 comp the comparison to Dolan would not be something that would come up again. Now Shay, since it's a Dolan impression, I, everyone has to do their take. Do you agree there, or do you think Ballmer is a little bit too aggressive for his own good? I mean, again, Dolan's in a whole nother like world. It just Dolan at this point is trying to to just like ruin the Knicks, and yet I it still does not makes sense to me because it's like if you're still making money with the team tanking do you not realize how much more money you would make if they were winning but you know like that's not the kind of mindset he's in so fine I think I don't know if Steve Ballmer is like purposely doing what he's doing I think he thinks he did a really good job because I mean again when when this first started when when the whole Paul George trade went down when the season started, the Clippers on paper were the team to beat. Like, even over LeBron. Even, you know, that was, I mean, people were still talking about the Lakers being the team to beat and stuff. But I know for me, I was more convinced that the Clippers were going to just get it together. And so, like, the fact that they're at where they are, I'm not saying I'm surprised. But it was definitely this, I would have guessed that they were successful before I guessed that this was a failure. And not, and it's not due to, like, it's not due to Doc, honestly. I don't think that, like, that was their first thing that they should have done was get rid of Doc Rivers. I mean, yeah, sure, Doc had been there for a while. And so there's always a reason for a new coach. And I guess if you are going to mix around your team again, you might as well get a new coach to bring in. He made choices that looked good at the time that ended up bringing some bad consequences, which is so different than what... Dolan does with the Knicks where he's just like okay sure let's do it and then he just kind of pisses everyone off instead they don't even seem like good ideas when they happen where with Balmer they they like on paper look good and then they end up kind of being bad so I think he's trying I don't think he's uh he's no one's on a Dolan level and I don't think Balmer's on a Dolan level it's still the Clippers they're still a hard team to sell in Los Angeles which is Laker town so it's a good yeah. thing they're moving out to Inglewood. About yeah. Time. About time. Continuing with the Clippers, and you know Kawhi better than probably Shay and I, Jade. So he's in put. He's in trade rumors now, since Ballmer is thinking about blowing up everything. What team needs him and could handle him, especially because he likes or he needs those uh, I-need-to-rest games? Yeah, that's really hard right now. I think if if Kawhi's load management had happened for, like, if you could have switched the timeline to be four or five seasons ago, there's lots of places he could have fit and still needed the load management. Right now, after the huge turnover in free agency last offseason, and now the huge turnover we're having in coaches this season, so many teams are so much in flux that, I think it's really hard to find a place for him right now that's not L.A., especially because everybody in the league knows he wants to play at home. So are you going to take a chance on trading a bunch of assets for him 
for him to leave the next year when you know he's not staying? Because that's kind of how he set himself up now, right? You win a championship in Toronto, you decide not to stay as finals MVP, first time ever in the NBA, uh, a finals MVP doesn't suit up for the same team the next season. So he's made a very clear announcement to the league that like is going to make people question how bought in he is wherever else he goes to play now. So I think he's made things difficult for himself, even though I think his intentions were good. I think he shot himself in the foot a little bit. Like I would say Toronto, but I just don't see Masai Ujiri taking, I think he would see that as a step backwards. I don't see him doing that. And I feel like he's kind of burned some bridges that like he really should have just run it back in Toronto at least one more year and saw what happened. Like that would have been the smart thing to do. Um, But on the other hand, like you can see his value was at an all time high and he wanted to, to live at home. So like it was kind of his moment to, to push for that as well. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, maybe Portland, maybe. I think they could use the defensive bump for sure. Um, but they would have to be willing, I, I, I'm sure, to make the money work. They'd have to be willing to part with either McCollum or Dame. And I don't think they want to do that either. So that's the only one that, to me, even has kind of an outside chance of working. It really needed to work in L.A. for him. Shay, Clippers gave up a bunch of assets to your OKC team for Paul George. If this Clippers team blow up, will there be a new era of the Clippers being a bottom feeder shit show? You know, I sent in our chat earlier this week a, it was like a graph or image, like a of all that OKC got for from the Clippers for just Paul George. And when it was spelled out that way, where it was like in list form, where it was like, you know, Clippers, Paul George, and then, you know, OKC with SGA, Danilo Gallinari, and then all the picks, it was like, oh my, they thought he was worth all of that. But also, they thought Kawhi being there was worth enough to get Paul George there. If, If that rhetoric is what is really true, right? you know, that he wanted another, he wanted Paul George, or he wanted that guy, and then they, you know, whatever. So the fact that that didn't work out in one season, in some ways to me, is really disappointing. For, again, the underdog of LA. They're still an LA team, so they're still not, like, my favorite, obviously, but they are the underdog, and I'm always going to go for them over the Lakers. Now, I do think that we are being a little quick with like thinking that it's a total disaster and the fact that it's like a long-term disaster. It's like, it's been one season. Sure. They have their issues like every other team right now, but I really do think that if they wanted to work it out, they could, or if they flipped a couple of different pieces or, you know, I, I don't know. Like I, so, so part of me thinks that the fact that these are these trade rumors are already starting. I'm like, y'all have played how many games together? And you're already like, oh, my God, we have to change everything around. And and yes, Kawhi did give up a lot for this. And I think Jane makes a great point in the fact that it's like, I don't know where he would go because it's like he has a huge contract salary. 
no one really needs him elsewhere right now. Like, sure, it's Kawhi Leonard. Like, of course they would deal with him if they were, like, had to. But it's it's not, like, everyone thought he was going to be at the Clippers. So there's really no room for him anywhere else because they thought this was going to be a long-term thing. They thought this was going to be his, like, real career moment, right? And yet the irony that it's, like, not looking that way right now. But I do think it's a little quick to, like, just say that it's it's over, the Clippers' chance. Like, I mean, it's still Kawhi Leonard. He still has two rings, right? Not three, two? Two. Yeah, with Spurs and with, with Toronto. And and I do think he was quick to go away to Toronto. I get it. Who doesn't want to go home? Who doesn't want to play at home? Who doesn't want to be close to family? But, you know, there a lot could happen. A lot could happen. And so I think it's funny how they're just all freaking out. Good. I love watching it go down. So see, I see it a little bit differently. I usually am the person that's like, okay, let's pump the brakes on blowing up the team. But in the Clippers case, because they do not have a solid history of any kind of consistency right now, I don't see them recovering from it quite as quickly as say a Toronto or a San Antonio could come back from a a really disappointing season. And when you bring in two guys of that that caliber and you give up as much as you did to get them, they only signed two-year contract, or Kawhi anyways. Paul George was traded, obviously, but Kawhi only signed for two years with the Clippers. It was a win-now situation. Like, Western Conference Finals was success for this team this year, and they failed pretty miserably in terms of it didn't really seem like it was a big fight for them to be in it. True. You know, like they, they didn't look good. They didn't seem to have intensity. We know they didn't have any chemistry. The team's not getting along internally. Right. Like I, how do you come back from that when it was a win now situation and you don't win now? And then you with the Lakers doing that exact thing. Right. And then on top of it, when you talk about what they gave up, Okay, so we t- talked about what D- Gallinari's 18 points a game might have meant. We didn't even talk about if SGA had blown up like no, he right. did in, in OKC. I mean, I don't imagine it would have been the same kind of steps forward that he took, but he was going to take steps forward anyway, right. right? He was going to still be productive. So now you have both Gallinari's numbers and SGA's numbers, whatever they would have been, do not equal a Paul George. Forget about the, like, what, 12 picks? <laughs> I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's a lot of picks that they gave up. I think about it's if seven. You would have seven, yeah. If you'd have had those two guys with Kawhi Leonard, right? Is that not a scary team? And this is why Ooh. players should not be making roster decisions. True, because they're players preach it preach it preach it no that some great points there I think sometimes I'm just an optimist despite sometimes also being like not an optimist a pessimist is that what they're called yeah you're anyway. a very confusing individual there Shay <laughs> I have complexities okay <laughs> some news that came out though for next season is there is a proposal for the start date to be December 22nd There will be no All-Star weekend, but there will be two weeks off in replacement for the players. And all of this is going to be before the 2021 Olympics. And if they do this, instead of waiting as an idea for Martin Luther King Day, they're going to be making about 500, or they're going to be, yeah, making up for $500 million. Jade, 
are you liking this plan or would you like to see something else? So things I like about it, I like starting in December. I think the league has been dragging their feet on this idea for a number of years now, and it took COVID to force them to do it. Not competing with the end of football season is going to be a huge moneymaker. And why have they not pulled the trigger on this sooner? Like, I, I understand that the way the season was set up before, they would have had to mess with it in odd ways. And now having had to pause the season and it ended when it did, it's kind of the perfect time to just stop hemming and hawing about it and just make, you know, the third week of December the start of the season. That needs to happen. I also like a 72-game season. I think 82 games is a little bit too long. I think it makes the beginning of the season less meaningful in ways that means the ratings are lower. So I think dropping that 10 games is going to improve basketball overall. Obviously, they have to find a way to work out the money because people are not going to want to give up 10 games worth of money when they're making, you know, a hundred, six figures per game, some of these players. So that's a problem that would have to be solved. But I do think 82 games in a season is a little bit long. So I like the 72 games. Losing All-Star Weekend, though, I understand why it would feel necessary. But how do you reconcile being a basketball fan and not having All-Star Weekend? Like, my brain refuses to process that information. I, I just, like I said, I get it. I understand that realistically, we might have to lose All-Star weekend next season but it hurts me to the core of my very being and especially now that the new format like the the all-star game was better this year than it's been in a decade they still gotta fix the dunk contest hey nba i have ideas for that just saying but finally the all-star game was good again and we're gonna miss it the next year after it was finally good again like that's a bummer that's 2020 for you though shay Do you like the idea of the late start, 72 games, no All-Star weekend before the Olympics? you like that idea, or do you have your own take with it? Okay, I get the before the Olympics, but it makes me question, like Jade said, the 72 games, because that does seem really long, especially if some of these athletes are then going to Olympics, because that's a lot. Like, that's a lot of basketball. Um, and you know, these are not regular humans. They are like gods. And so that's a lot of stuff on their body. I know they got a lot of issues with their joints and you know, all that stuff, all that stuff that I don't understand because I'm a regular human that does not like have bones that are are super long. Anyway, yeah, that was a really long way to get to that. But, um, All-Star Weekend, I love the dunk contest so much. And if we don't have that, I am going to be really upset because that is one, you see the display of some of the rookies through that. And so players that haven't even been on my radar, I've been able to find them out through All-Star Weekend and some of those like fun things, but especially the dunk contest. Like I love the dunk contest so much. So that is really disappointing and they better do it somehow. Like, I don't care. Get them all together. Whoever wants to dunk, like, fly them someplace in an old gymnasium and do it. Like, it could be, like, at a high school gym. I don't care. Like, I don't need, like, all the performances or whatever rapper. You know, they, they've had that the last couple of years where they have, like, a performance after. I'm like, I don't care about that. I want the dunk contest. Okay. And then selfishly, I want Christmas Day basketball. Boom. That's it. But, again, 
Players got to take care of themselves. Another thing I heard about they were talking about for next season in order to still deal with COVID, because that's not going to be gone yet, is to do more series play to minimize the traveling. Mm. I think that's a great idea, COVID or no COVID. That's how it should be done. Right. There's no reason in terms of basketball statistics that you have to spread out your series across a season. Do a baseball style and play a series. Go to New York, knock off your series against the Knicks and Brooklyn, however many games you have there. I mean, you're not going to be able to do it wholesale, I don't think, with the number of teams in the league. But I think it's such a better idea. It's going to save money on travel, first Mm -hmm. of all. Less flying back and forth anywhere. It's going to save the players from the fatigue of all the travel which has taken a toll on them the last couple of years. This season and last season, every single broadcast you listen to, the commentators are talking about how brutal the travel schedule has been. Fix it. Teams travel to Texas, play all the games. Teams traveling from the West Coast over to the East Coast, knock off the Atlantic Conference on that trip. Do it by division or at least in a way that makes geographic sense. Right. That's just a good idea, regardless of if you're trying to protect the players from COVID or not. They, that's something I think they should already be doing. Because they used to have that. It used to be, I think it was called like the Texas Rodeo yes. trip or whatever, where it was just like, okay, yeah, you hit up San Antonio. And then two days later, you hit up Houston. And then the next day, you hit up Dallas. Yeah. Like you hit up all those teams and then you're done with that. I like that idea of going back to series of games instead of okay, this this night we're in Portland. Well, guess what? Next week, you're, next night, you're in Detroit. Okay, so here is the main juicy part of this episode. And okay. it is Space Jam. The Space new- Jam! <laughs> I'm gonna it's not the theme song. Read, I'm going to read out to <laughs> what the story is, the plot line for it. And I want to hear your overall takes with it. During a trip to the Warner Brothers studio... NBA superstar LeBron James and his son Bronny, who was actually not played by Bronny, accidentally get trapped with the world that contains all of the Warner Brothers stories characters under control of a malfunctioning, all-powerful force. I think it's Al-G or A-I-G. I can't really tell with how they spell it, but that's played by Don Cheadle, always a fan. And uh, with the help of all the Looney Tunes uh, people, LeBron's going to have to navigate through iconic scenes and characters as they get all the Looney Tunes again to help him rescue his lost son, Bronny. Jade, do you like the plot of the story? It feels really convoluted to me, especially compared to the original Space Jam. Like, the original Space Jam's got one of those classic, straightforward 90s storylines. Aliens take over Looney Tunes land, and Bugs comes up with a plan. We're going to challenge them to a basketball game because they're tiny people. We'll get Michael Jordan. Everything's going to be fine. Like, I like the straightforwardness of that. This just feels like it It feels like they're really stretching to try and match the original Space Jam. And that is a mistake. That's a mistake. You have no chance. There is no chance for you to live up to the original Space Jam. Michael Jordan was in it. Bill Murray was in it. Charles Barkley. Like, Patrick Ewing. 
there was no chance for you to ever live up to the original Space Jam. So you shouldn't have tried. You should have really just like made it its own thing. And I think they kind of did in, in giving it a name, Space Jam, a new legacy instead of Space Jam 2. I think that was probably an attempt to do that. I don't think they did justice to that attempt with the plot line. And so I have really mixed feelings about this. Obviously, I don't love LeBron James as a basketball player, but I do enjoy him as an actor. He was great in Trainwreck. Like, he was hilarious. He's really good. Yeah. But it's still LeBron James, so there's that. But then Don Cheadle being in it and uh, Sonequa Martin-Green is one of my favorite people on the planet because I'm a huge Star Trek nerd. And she's like the main character in the newest Star Trek TV show. And so she has become one of those people that's like, she's in it, I'll watch it. So I hope it surprises me, but I'm going to go in with very low expectations in hope of hopes of not being completely disappointed. Just the soundtrack from the original Space Jam. How, how are you going to touch that? You have to get like, you got to get Kendrick on the track to even try Ooh. to approach the original soundtrack for Space Jam. But think you know if they saying? got Kendrick. If they got him, that would be a bit like, but he's the kind of person, him or um, Childish Gambino, like you would have to get someone really cool on the soundtrack to even have a shot. Yep. I mean, granted, you have to compete with R, R. Kelly, but um, that's neither here nor well, there. there is that. <laughs> we don't talk about him anymore, right? <laughs> I don't believe he can fly anymore. <laughs> Hey, do you like the plot line for it? Oh my god, I feel like they got stoned and they were like, this is such a good idea and then somehow <laughs> they sold the movie and then when they like read it again, they were like, who came up with this? <laughs> like, okay, and like, you know, I don't ever want to be pretentious about movies, but it is kind of like my day job <laughs> uh, to like critique movies and like, I I love movies but like I I'm all for kind of like crappy movies that people love you know like dude where's my car like that is one of those movies that's problematic it has not aged well but I watch it I still laugh like I I'm sorry like there's just certain movies that are not good that you still like will like this is not one of those like this is not going to be one of those movies that like in 10 years we look back at it and we're like I'm so glad Space Jam with LeBron James where he was touring a movie studio and Bronny but not the real Bronny like there's so many issues with it like why didn't they just have real Bronny like I just don't understand maybe he didn't want to do it but then, like, they should have, like, done, like, I don't know. Like, but they, You're right. They should have done like they did in the first Space Jam where, yeah, Michael Jordan had a family, but they weren't, like, Michael Jordan's family. They didn't have his kids' names. Right. Or, like, his right. dog. Or, I, don't, I don't know. Like, he has a really dog that he, like, loves that gets taken. I don't. But, like, his son that's named after his real son, but it's not his real. Like, there's so many issues. I can't. Who's writing this? Who's paying for this? This is not the kind of cinema we need nowadays. Like, I know. So I have to ask you, had you heard the plot line before Taylor just read it? I had, but like for a while okay. I thought it was. That was the first time I ever heard it. I hadn't looked, I hadn't looked at it before. So oh. I find it interesting that we pretty much said the same thing, even though it took me 30 seconds <laughs> while Taylor was reading it to come to the same conclusion as you. Yeah. Because when I read it, I was like, huh, that's a joke. And then, like, it's still, like, a thing that they're talking about. And I'm like, 
is this isn't a joke what like it feels like it's already doomed to be like yeah that that mistake lebron made in launching his movie career really because this would be the first time he's starring in something right well and like movies are not making money right now and this is not a movie that like I, I'm sure people will go see it because they know who LeBron James is and there are certain like basketball fans that'll go see it but it's not like the kind of movie like Iron Man where people are making like it's not gonna make money like that mm-hmm. you know like I'm not a big superhero movie person I like the Iron Man movie I saw I think I saw one of them in theaters I'm really bad about going to the theater despite being a film critic sorry I like I don't like wearing pants when I watch movies and you can't do that in public. So like I like watching them on my couch. Um, well, we, but we all just got to know Shay a lot better. I like never have pants on. Like I, I have a dress on right now. Do not worry. <laughs> so like technically, but I never wear pants at home. So like this whole Zoom thing has been like a horrible. Like I have to wear I have to find pants to go to meetings sometimes. <laughs> Anyway, it's been so a we're going to have to rate this episode at TVMA. Wow. <laughs> I drove in New York City for the first time today. I am, my brain is out. You're like the TNT crew where they'll wear like the nice suits up top, but when you see them right. stand up, they got jeans and like fresh pair of Nikes on too. Like, I mean, what's the point of video anything if you can't only be presentable from the neck? Like, right. You know, and sometimes like I'll have my pajama pants on right again because I find pants to put on and then I'll put my like leg up and then my knee will be there and then you'll see like little like like cartoon Eiffel Towers and then I forget (laughs) and then I'm like, oh, (laughs) that wasn't for this meeting. (laughs) Real slowly put your leg down to not make it noticeable. Just anywho. Okay, so besides that little side thing on what now we know what Shay does free time. They have. Obviously, players like they did with the first one. So those players include Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Kyle Kuzma. And then they're finally having some WNBA players with it with Diana Tarazi and uh, Shanae. Hold up, folks. I want to make sure I get the last name right. Ogwu Mike. And then her sister, Nika Ogwu Mike. Okay, so you got those two sisters there. Shay, did they pick the right players to be in this? Or also, is it about damn time the WNBA was in it too? Okay, yes. And I need to be better at following the WNBA. I actually, with NBA 2K20, I've been able to learn more about the WNBA. And I like that um, because that's cool. Yeah, like I need to be better at that. Um, I need to be better at including them. And I think that they have some really cool things. I also would like to see a native woman in the WNBA because we haven't had a native woman in like 15 years or something like ridiculous like that. Whatever. It's fine. Anyway, um, but if you could pick anyone in the NBA, right, any of the players and you ask Kyle Kuzma, I just am very like the others kind of make sense, you know, like AD, even before his Lakers move good player, probably brings a crowd, you know, that kind of thing. Why Kyle Kuzma? Like, other than the fact that he's currently on the Lakers, like, are we, uh, is this just a, a, like a Laker fest? That's not cool. Like I want some other players. Like there's so many other players. Like, honestly, even if there was James Harden in it, I would probably be like, okay, I get it over Kyle Kuzma. I mean, Kyle, that one was definitely decided 
before this season happened. Jade, what do you think about the players they have and also about having the WNBA in it too? Yeah, so I'll start with the WNBA part. I do just want to point out that Kyrie Irving was the first one to include the WNBA players in his Uncle Drew movie. There were WNBA players there. So I like I'm not about giving LeBron credit that he didn't earn. So as much as I'm not a huge Kyle Irving fan, I will give credit where credit is due. That goes there. Um, But yeah, it's awesome to, to like just be like we're a basketball community. We're a professional basketball community, not just the NBA. They're starting to get closer and I think they need to do more of that. I think the NBA will continue to support the WNBA more. And then, you know, we're going to benefit from that. Like part of my reason for not being big on the WNBA is because I didn't get them broadcast. I didn't get those shows broadcast, but because the NBA is, is taking that very conscious step of supporting the WNBA, I had WNBA games this year for the first time since basically the, I like, I remember the year the league started and we watched WNBA games. I remember watching them with my dad. And then for the longest time, it was like, oh, yeah, the WNBA still exists. But I don't know because they don't air the games here. So that's super nice. In terms of the players, so, like, my thing is about are they going to be able to act? Because as awesome as the original Space Jam was, Michael Jordan was a terrible actor. Oh, terrible. So, like, that's where I'm thinking of it from. I think LeBron James is going to be a better actor based on what I've already seen him do. I don't see AD being a very good actor, like just his personality. I think Paul George is going to be pretty entertaining. I've, I've, or sorry, not Paul George, Chris Paul, uh, because he was like, wait, cares. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Chris Paul. He's a very like charismatic kind of dude. I really like listening to him speak. That I now I've heard him speak more in the bubble than I would have otherwise. So like, I think he's going to be pretty good. Kyle Kuzma, I'm going to address. Listen, you're going to look back at this, and if we're right about the movie being terrible, we're going to say, you know what? Kyle Kuzma deserved Space Jam 2. <laughs> Shots fired at Kuz. Covered all that stuff today. I think it's a perfect time to go into the fast break. Um, but before we go on the fast break, today's fast break is presented by Prop Me. PropMe is a social wagering platform catered to the everyday sports fan. It has a peer-to-peer betting marketplace for social wagering. It's an all-sports betting platform that includes esports. And a company that leads in social wagering innovation, join PropMe on the Google Play Store or Apple App Store. Sign up and join the movement. Okay, so we got the fast break time. Time of the episode where I come up with three questions that Jade and Shay have no knowledge on. And I get the real-time response to it. So, Jade, we're going to start off with you on this one. Which team is more likely to blow up, Clips or Houston? Oh, geez. (laughs) Both should blow up. Let's start with that. I think I'm going to say it's the Clippers just because there's been a lot more publicly coming out about why the Clippers don't work. And the fact that it's team chemistry, it's not just on the court stuff, whereas you didn't, you're not hearing that so much out of Houston. So I, I'm going to stay the Clippers. Shay, what about you? Clips or Rockets? I am going to go the same for the same reason, but also because, you know, the chemistry was already somewhat built in with your two main players. So that trade was less risky because you already knew that Harden and Westbrook, like they grew up together. They played together. They're good friends. 
it's like even if they had a, a not so great season I could see that like I don't think that would have torn them apart as much uh, and as like say Kawhi and PG who didn't really have a connection prior next question we're going to start with you again there Shay which team is going to do the first blockbuster move of the season that you think? Ooh. Are we talking just trades or free agent signings as well? Just any first blockbuster move. Okay. Okay. I mean, this is probably because of recency bias and because we've talked a lot about the Clippers, but I think that they're going to have to figure that out soon because there there's outside pressure, you know, from the fans, uh, the players probably want to know. I don't know. I just really feel like there's going to be some some big stuff coming out of there or in there. Either way. Probably out, though. Jade, which team is going to do the first blockbuster move? I, th- I think I have to go with the Clippers, too, because, again, of the pressure. The only way for them to stay relevant is to make some moves. And if they're going to avoid getting back into NBA obscurity, it's got to happen. And they can't afford, if that's really what they want to do, they need to be making the moves while there are still lots of options available. Personally, I was thinking the Milwaukee Bucks. They got a hit while the fire's hot, so Giannis doesn't start contemplating his contract. Last question. We'll start with you, Shay. It's going to be Coach Riley versus Coach Jackson when it comes to the players. So Jackson's lineup is Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Scottie Pippen, Pau Gasol, and Shaquille O'Neal going against Riley's five, which is Magic Johnson, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Shay, who do you got winning in that five-on-five matchup? While Shay's thinking, I'm just going to say, like, Taylor's clearly trying to make our brains explode right now. I know. I literally am like, because at first when you said, like, Magic and LeBron, I was like, ew. And then you got to, like, especially Kareem, and I was like, oh. I'm going to have to go with the first five, just because, like... Jackson? Yeah, the Jackson team with, again, it's like Michael Jordan, Pippen, that chemistry right there, you know, and then you have the others that just fill in, and Kobe, you know, who has... I don't know. I just think that, like, when you said that, that to me sounded like a better rounded team than the second, who they, like... It's more a lot of egos, if that makes sense. I know this is just five on five. We're not, like, trying to, like, win a championship and, like, get through the season with this, these, like, starting lineup. I'm going to go with the Jackson. Jackson five? Okay. Yeah. Jackson, Jackson five. Oh, Jackson five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Jade will wrap up with you today. We going with Jackson's five or Riley's five? I'm going with Riley's five. Because, first of all, you're talking about chemistry. You said LBJ and Dwayne Wade is on that team both, right? True. And Chris Bosh? And Magic? And Kareem? And Kareem? Like, dude. And with Pat Riley as a coach, I don't know. Like, they're both really, really good. But, like, I think you've got that big three with the chemistry and you add a Magic Johnson and Kareem. Like, forget it. This was a really hard question. Hats off to you, Taylor. Yeah. I take I take pride in how long I have to think about it. And on that note, we're going to head out like LeBron James does in the Warner Brothers studios to find his fake son. Fake son. Bye. Bye.